Hey everyone, you're listening to the MLEPC podcast. Thank you for joining us. The podcast features every previous Sunday's sermon and plenty of other cool content like interviews and mini-series. Please remember to share our content and subscribe to our channel so you can stay up to date with everything that we create. You can find out more about what's happening at the church by visiting our website at mlepc.org or checking us out on our social media. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to the Emily PC podcast, and we hope to see you at an event soon. As you know, we have been doing a series on um, our Emily PC mission statement, who we feel like God is calling us to be as a church and, and what he's calling us to do. So we've, it's an acronym. Hopefully it's easy to remember. It's Meet Jesus is the M, Encourage One Another. Uh, is, is the E, I'm sorry, I'm like, it's easy to remember and I'm getting it backwards. <laughs> so meet Jesus, love your neighbor, encourage one another. And today we're talking about the P, which is prepare servants. Make me a servant, we just sang. And we're, we're asking the Lord to help us not prepare leaders, but servants. That's who God calls us to be, to walk in the footsteps of Jesus as, as those who love and serve. So let me read our scriptures today. We're going to read a brief passage about the call of Jeremiah, and then we're going to turn over to the Gospel of Mark. This is Jeremiah 1. Jeremiah is 18 years old when when this comes to him. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. And turning over to the Gospel of Mark, this is chapter 10. Jesus has, is on the way to Jerusalem. The, the chapter after this is, the, uh, is Palm Sunday, his triumphal procession into Jerusalem. Uh, and his disciples, as often happens, are arguing. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. You do not know what you are asking, Jesus replied. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the church ten heard about this, they became, became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. 
Holy God, we do thank you that you were willing to send Jesus Christ to humble himself all the way to a cross. And Lord, forgive us for trying to posture and prove who's best and first. Help us instead to take on the form of a servant. Lord, let us not only be hearers of your word, but doers also. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our, our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Some of you have noticed we've been working on the display cabinets uh, just behind me in the hallway. Uh, we, we wanted to, to make the story be God's faithfulness. It's not about who we are and all that we've accomplished. It's about what God has done. So the first window, if you're looking at them, the first window is God's faithfulness since 1804. And the middle window is God's faithfulness through all generations, highlighting children and youth especially. And then the final window is God's faithfulness around the world and highlighting some of the work that God is doing in Kenya and Malawi and some other places where this church has had contact and, and blessing. I was helping Renee, Renee Skinner. She was arranging some documents, and I, I walked by, and she had this one that, that was from 1867. And I was like, yeah, I, I had to look at it. So as I flipped through, the page it opened to talked about a day October 17th, very close to today, in 1804, 219 years ago this month. October 17th was the day that the first pastor of this church was installed. The, the congregation had moved from the, the tent that was over a tree stump and, and the people gathered on their, on their wooden logs. So listen to the preaching. It, it says, even in the rain, they sat there. So can, you know, be thankful for the roof over our heads. We'll tell you more about the umbrellas later. Uh, but even in the rain, they sat there to listen to the preaching. Uh, thankfully, by October, they had built a frame, simple frame log cabin. Um, and they were ready to, to install their first pastor. Uh, he, Joseph Carr was his name, and he, it, it describes him, it's, pretty, it's a pretty funny description. It says, he was known as one of the, the best preachers in the West. Like, this is West. <laughs> West went a lot farther after 1804, but at that time, this was wilderness. But the amazing thing to me, the thing that just smacked me upside the head, was the scripture that was preached for his ordination. Somebody from the presbytery came came to preach over him, and the choice verse was Galatians 6.14. This is what it says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Let me not boast, may I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, the translation in there, it's the King James, it says, may, may I never take glory in anything but in the cross. That is the founding principle of this church. May I not take glory, may this church not take glory in anything except the ultimate humility displayed by Christ, the power that he laid aside in order to take on the greatest prize, which was through death, his resurrection and the redemption of all of mankind. There was humility in that choice. It's not about us. It's not about us becoming the greatest church in the South Hills or anything like that. It is about the cross of Christ. And as we debated in, in session about what, what these words should be that we chose to, to explain our mission, we thought about preparing leaders. 
because that sounds strong, and that's a good thing. We need strong leaders. But we realize before we prepare leaders, those leaders have to be servants. Every single one of us is called to be a servant. So today we're going to look at what it means to be a servant when Jesus calls his disciples not to, to power, but to letting go of power and to becoming not even a servant, but a slave. What that looks like to humble ourselves before the Lord so that he can use us as an instrument. And we're also going to look at how do we prepare servants? How do we prepare ourselves and each other to serve not only this church, but also our whole community around us? As we look at this passage, uh, it's, it's an interesting moment in time. So Jesus, they are on their way to Jerusalem. And in chapter 10, Mark, you remember we studied the, the whole book of Mark a few months ago. Mark loves to pack everything possible into, into 15 chapters. It's the shortest gospel, but he certainly keeps all the action going. So in this chapter, you remember the scene where people are annoyed that they let the children come to Jesus, and he, he upholds the children. You have to come to the kingdom as a child. Then also the, the, the rich young ruler comes and says, what does it take to get into the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus saw the idol in, her, in his heart of money, and he told him that he had to let go of it all in order to follow the kingdom. And then right after that, Jesus predicts his death for the third time. And he's very clear, I have to go to the cross, I have to suffer, I have to die. That is the verse before we hear this thing about James and John. James, like they do not have ears to hear what the suffering means. They just are thinking of Jesus as king. And what would you want to ask of a king? Like, we're buddies. You know, hey, give me, a, give me a cushy position in the kingdom. We want to sit at your right and your left. Those are the two most powerful seats in the kingdom. And they want to be in the kingdom of God. They want to be the most powerful people other than Jesus. You can have the number one chair. We want to be two and three. <laughs> kind of them. And Jesus looks at them like, what are you guys doing? He, he, he's, it's like they have, they have seen over and over Jesus sacrificing himself, Jesus taking care of the lowly, Jesus predicting that he has to die. But they still have no clue about what the kingdom of God looks like. They think the kingdom of God looks like an, an earthly kingdom, an earthly power play. And Jesus is trying to say that is not what it is. It looks like little children coming to him. It looks like the wealthy giving up what they have. And then it looks like Jesus saying, I have to humble myself unto a cross. And I'm inviting you to do the same. So the first thing that Jesus replies, I mean, they, I mean can you imagine the audacity? It's, it's easy to look down on them, but imagine yourselves in the same position. I, I so often go, boy, those disciples were idiots. <laughs> but what would you do if you had never seen the cross, if you didn't know about Easter, if you didn't know about the resurrection? It would seem, this, this would seem logical in the middle of all that. It's when we pray for big success, all sorts of big things, sometimes God is saying, first you have to be a servant. First you have to humble yourselves. So Jesus says, can you drink from the cup that I drink of? 
they're, they're thinking, well, you know, sure, like there's, you know, the cup of the covenant, you know, we're in, we are fine with that. Think of all the cups of a, of a Seder, a Passover meal. And, and they thought, okay, we can do that. But Jesus is talking about the cup of wrath. He is talking about what he is going to have to drink in suffering just one week later. Jesus knows all that he is going to have to do. And they're like, yeah, we can handle that. When he says baptism, can you do the baptism that I'm going to do? It's not just baptism in water. It's baptism all the way into death. He is going to be baptized by death and then raised back up again. Can you handle that? And they, they naively say, well, of course we can. And the interesting thing is Jesus knows what kind of death they're going to, to die from. James was beheaded in Jerusalem. John was the one that lived the longest, but he had to spend many, many years in exile on the island of Patmos. He faced much persecution and trials and beatings and all kinds of things. Jesus knows that they are going to have to suffer like he is going to have to suffer, even though they have no idea. They think all we have to do is get ourselves cleaned up and drink of a nice cup of wine and we'll be good. And Jesus is going, you have no idea. It's interesting the two places that uh, sitting on, on your, being on your right hand and on your left, the two places in Mark where that line is used, one is here, the other one is just a few chapters later with the thieves on the cross, one on his right hand and the other on his left. Jesus knew that there were already people appointed to that, appointed to a place of death, and yet Jesus was going to the one, the, the one on the right was the one who said, remember me when you, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. As they, as they look at this, this, Jesus is talking on one plane and they're talking on this other plane. The other ten disciples are, are furious. Why are they furious? Because these guys are, 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 are trying to get favor. They're furious that they didn't think of it first. <laughs> They wanted to be the ones that were at, the, were at the top of the kingdom as well. These are 12 people who had walked and walked and walked all over Israel with Jesus. And yet, they still don't get that the kingdom of God has completely different values than the kingdom of the world. What Jesus tells them is, you guys think of, of the way that the Gentiles and, and even the, the Jewish leaders at the time, how they lord it over, over their subjects. Think about a, a feudal lord in the medieval times. The, the, the peasants didn't even own themselves, much less their own property. The, the Gentiles, the, the ways of the world, are to have that kind of power over other people, to be able to order them around, to be able to buy and sell, to be able to tax them until they have nothing left. This is the kind of power that these people were used to and that they wanted. They wanted the, the ultimate human power, the ultimate human success. And Jesus says, don't be like that. The value of the kingdom is the exact opposite of that. If you want to be high, you have to get low. Think of the scene just a little while later that Jesus takes off his outer garments, wraps a towel around his waist, and does the job of a servant to wash his disciples' dirty feet. Peter rightly is appalled by that. Like, what, what are you doing, Lord? You know, you're up here. I, I may be here. You can't bow at my feet. But Jesus is saying, this is what I'm talking about. This is how you need to love others. 
And Philippians 2, of course, captures that beautiful movement from he did, Jesus did not consider equality with God. He had equality with God. He did not consider that something to be grabbed onto, but he let go of it, pouring himself into human form, into the form of a servant, even unto death, even death on a cross. This is the kind of humility and sacrifice and servanthood that he is calling his disciples to and that he's calling all of us to as well. God wants us not to start at the top, not even to aim high, but to start low. So how do we prepare ourselves for that? How do we prepare one another for that? How do we be a church of servants first before we do anything that involves leadership? Humility is, is one place that I think we need to start. When I was in England a few weeks ago, one of our lectures was on someone who, is, she was Anglican, but she was one of the world's greatest scholars on the rule of Benedict. The, so if you know about Benedictine monasteries and that kind of thing, she loved the rule of Benedict. And it was really interesting because I, I read it the first time and didn't really get it. <laughs> um, but hearing her talk about how beautiful it was uh, made me want to read it again and get more of the richness out of it. And one thing that she talked about was, was the call to humility. Benedict had 12 different steps to humility. One I know that I would fail all the time with, do not be too ready with your laughter. I'm sorry, you gotta laugh. <laughs> but, but rule number three, um, it, it says this, that one, the, the third rule to humility, a man loves not his own will, nor takes pleasure in the satisfaction of his desires, Rather, he shall imitate his actions that, that, uh, by his actions that saying of the Lord, I have not come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. One of the first acts of humility is saying, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. It is an act of saying, not my desires, but your desires, Lord. Lord, you are the one who needs to lead, and we submit ourselves to the Lord. That act of humility starts with recognizing that God is God and you are not, as much as we'd like to be God of our own lives. And God, God's will is so much better than our own. I think I've told you before the story when I was praying that, you know, not, you know, something I really wanted, but not my will, but yours be done. <laughs> God loves it when we roll our eyes at him, let me tell you. And the response was something along the lines of, why do you always think my will is bad? <laughs> oh, yeah. God's will is good, and we humble ourselves before the Lord first, even before we humble, humble ourselves before anyone else. In our study guide today, the, uh, the, the, the study was written by Dale, Elder Dale Ostergaard, and he highlights several different things that we need to focus on as we, as we look to prepare our hearts as servants. The first one he mentions is the word. Spending time in the Word, getting to know who God is in the Word. Not just speed reading through it all so you can check the box, but meditating on what God's talking about. Meditating on the people who got it and the people who didn't get it. Pastor Steve one time was, you know, teaches his Bible class in 15 weeks at Duquesne. And at the end, they were talking about what the Bible was like. And, and the students, one of them said, you know, every single person in this whole book is messed up except that one guy, <laughs> except that one guy. So when we meditate on scripture, we see that God can use broken people, goofy people, people who miss the point 
But God can use everyone who subjects themselves to the Lord and says, you know, Lord, I got nothing, but you can use me. When we meditate on the word, we begin to absorb God's character, his priorities, his, his love for the world as well. The next one Dale mentions is, is faith. Faith is sometimes really hard. It is sometimes hard to understand, like, God, what are you doing? Why is, this, is your will good? Because it doesn't feel good to me. Faith is, is you know, um, Abraham and, and Sarah waiting for way beyond decades to have a child. It is, it is Joseph in his time of exile in Egypt. It is all of these different times, Jesus waiting 30 years to even begin his ministry. Faith is trusting that God can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Faith is Hezekiah in the face of Sennacherib, the great Assyrian general who was, had wiped out city after city in, in Israel and now was knocking on the doorstep of Jerusalem. Hezekiah came to the temple and laid himself down before the Lord and said, I, I have nothing. There's nothing we can do. We are at a loss. You are our only hope. That was an incredible act of faith. And, and the next day, Jesus wiped out the enemy Without Israel having to even lift a finger, God wiped them out. And Hezekiah realized that his tiny mustard seed of faith was enough for God to move mountains. Faith is hard, but faith as we serve the Lord, as we humble ourselves before him. That is what gives us hope that God is going to redeem even the hard places, even the suffering. The next one is character. We talked a lot about character last week and how it impacts our ability to encourage one another. We, we talked about that passage in Colossians 3 where it calls us to be compassionate and kind and, and patient and gentle and humble, forgiving one another, bearing with one another, living in peace. Our character, our interior character impacts how we interact with everyone else. Are we living in a way that displays the character of God. Boy, we can't do that by ourselves. The fruit of the Spirit, the whole point of the fruit of the Spirit is it's of the Spirit. <laughs> it's not of our human will. It's the Holy Spirit filling us and refreshing our souls and allowing us to be more like Jesus Christ. One of the, the next things is timing. Trusting God for the timing. So many of these are about trust. Trusting that God's will is good. Part of it is trusting God's timing. Sometimes it feels way too late. You know the line, for you, a day is like a, a thousand years, as a thousand years is like a day. And you're like, can you just save a couple of seconds off that? <laughs> and then other times it feels like it's too early. That's how Jeremiah responded when he was called. You know, Jesus, the, the Lord is saying, um, you know, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I appoint you as a prophet to the nations. And his first response is, I don't know how to speak and I'm too young. Boy, haven't you felt like that before? I, I, I got nothing, Lord. What are you talking about? But God said, this 18-year-old guy, you are ready. I am going to put my words in your mouth. It doesn't matter that you don't know how to speak. It just matters that you open your mouth and let me speak. Sometimes we feel ready for a call. Sometimes we feel like that call has taken forever. And sometimes it feels like, who, me, what? <laughs> but God is willing to make us servants if we say, your will be done. 
and not my own. The final one that Dale mentions is grace. Grace is so important for all of us. Grace received from God and grace given to other people. Grace received and given to ourselves. How, how many times, it's, sometimes it feels like it's easier to forgive somebody else, but it's easy to beat ourselves up. But we have to realize that it is all grace. Even our ability to be here this morning is God's grace. Our ability to do what we're, what we're called to do is grace. We are able to become servants because we know that God's grace has been showered on us so we can shower God's grace on other people as well. I had the privilege of doing um, an interment at, at the cemetery of the Alleghenies for Al and Polly Ockenheil on Friday. Uh, they were faithful, faithful members of this church for decades. Al, I, it was over 100. I think it was, what, does anybody know? It's like 104. It was incredible. Uh, but reading some of the things that, that Al had written, he was a prolific writer. I have a, a book that is this thick on my desk that he wrote a daily devotional one, for, to read through the Bible in a year. So the whole thing is this, this read through the Bible thing. And it's beautiful. But one thing he wanted everybody to know, and he, he created this pamphlet that could be given out at his, at his funeral. He wrote it when he was 86, so it was a bit early. <laughs> but he wanted everybody to know that life, that, that our hope of heaven is 100% Jesus and 0% us. He wrote that over and over, 100% Jesus, 0% us. He realized that in, in a lot of his life, he had been trying to earn his way to God. He'd been trying to, to outgive God. He'd been trying to, to do the stuff at church that he needed to do. Um, and it wasn't until he heard Dick Halverson speak. Dick was the chaplain of the Senate for a while. And Dick called everybody out and said, if you are trying to earn your way to heaven, you're never going to get there. It is 100% Jesus and 0% you. It is all grace. Ephesians 2, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not, not of works that no one can boast. This isn't about our boasting. It is about saying, God, I will glory and boast in your cross and not in myself. So as we are called to servant, service, we are called to grace for everyone around us. As we sit with God in his word, as we, as we grow in our faith by trusting and trusting and trusting and trusting, as we grow in our character by being filled with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to wash us clean and to reshape our broken and crusty hearts, as we trust God for his timing and especially walk in his grace, that is when we become servants like Jesus Christ. We will never be as, as fully servant as Jesus. None of us can go to the cross and die again. The world doesn't need you to be a savior. It already has one. <laughs> but we are called to be servants like Jesus and to proclaim the great news, the good news of Jesus Christ who died and rose again to provide grace for a very broken world. Brothers and sisters, let us all aspire to humble ourselves taking on the very nature of a servant, that God can bless the world through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Holy God, we do thank you and we praise you. You are the God on high who created heaven and earth, all of the stars and, and planets and galaxies that are even beyond our, our sight. And you are the God 
They've sent Jesus Christ, your son, to, to take away all of that power, to pour it into the form of, of a human, of a servant, of someone willing to die on a cross. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for that. You loved us that much that you were willing to lay all of that down so that you could be the Savior for every one of us, that you could be the one who redeemed us out of slavery, who brought us out of the chains of sin and death and set us free. Lord God, we pray that you would help us set aside all of our worldly ambitions that want more money and more status and more power. Forgive us of our pride and control and help us to give all of our control to you, Lord, to say your will be done and not ours. Lord God, we pray for this church that we would be servants of this community. And Lord, we have so many in this community who are lonely, whose relationships are broken, who are struggling in this economic climate, who are, are new in the country, who, who are, are in broken homes and, and, and struggling to find their place in the world. Lord, help us be servants of the least of these and, the, and, and those who are great as well to be able to speak your truth and your love and your grace into their lives. And Lord, if, as we look at the world around us, we see yet more war and rumors of war. And our hearts are broken. Lord, we pray, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You, Lord, are the Prince of Peace, and we know that you are the only source of true and lasting peace. Lord, we pray that you would protect the, the, the civilians, the children, the, the women, the those who are, are, are trying to live their daily lives, Lord, and bring justice and truth and cleansing in all of those broken places in the world. Lord God, help us not turn our hearts away, not, not have hardened hearts for the grief of the, of the world, but instead to be able to bring our laments to you. How long, O oh Lord, how long will you let this evil prevail? Oh Lord, we ask that you would bring peace in these places that have never known peace for thousands of years. Oh Lord God, we ask that you would help us to become instruments of your peace even in our, in our place where you have planted us. Help us not just to be peacekeepers but peacemakers that we could bring the Prince of Peace into your world. Oh Lord God, and we thank you that, that none of this be possible without your first sacrifice that you died and rose again so that you could call us your adopted children that you could bring us into the kingdom that you could pay our ransom so that we could be present with you you call us your dearly beloved children and it is as your children we are bold to pray as jesus taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, please rise now as we proclaim our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Hi, this is Pastor Carolyn. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can check out our website at mlepc.org. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a podcast. Have a blessed day.